Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. The last time we saw Cam Newton, he played two games. He did not score a touchdown. He rushed for negative two yards. But the last time we saw a really healthy Cam Newton, he was having his second best season before his shoulder injury really derailed his 2018 season. And now Cam Newton is a Patriot. And we welcome you to Fantasy Football Today. It's a bonus podcast here. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Ben Gretsch. All right, let's get right to it. Jamie, you, you haven't updated your rankings as we speak, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Sunday night, but you, you probably will by the time people hear this if they hear it in the morning. So where do you think Cam Newton will end up in your rankings? Well, behind Jared Stidham. Um, <laughs> he's going to beat out Stidham for it. Uh, um, I think I'm going to put him probably 16. Uh, I struggle right now between Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. I have Rodgers at 15, Goff at 16. If Cam is right, he is going to be a top 10 quarterback. If he is wrong, we've seen the downside. So I think you just like, for me, I'm going to take, take the swing at defense. And this is something I never in my life thought I would say for Daniel Jones over Cam Newton. But I think there's more upside with Daniel Jones. I still think there's more upside with Ben Roethlisberger. So uh, I'll probably toy with Rodgers and Cam, but I think Rodgers is safer. So I'd go that route, but I'd take him over golf. Okay, Ben. I kind of thought he would be lower in Jamie's rankings. That was higher than I anticipated. Ben, what say you on Cam Newton? I'm like right in the same spot. I, it's a, we have to wait and see, obviously, but I, I'm kind of assuming he's going to be the starter and, and Jamie kind of made a joke. We, we all would expect with his talent level that he would be the starter. But I, there are people that are are saying that they don't believe that will happen. And I think we probably should talk about that a little bit, but um, I think right now I, I actually slotted him right ahead of Rogers and Roethlisberger and Goff because I, I think if he's their starter, he's always been able to get, I, he doesn't have weapons, but he's always been able to get by without weapons. You know, I mean, now that we know that Kelvin Benjamin didn't do a whole lot the rest of his career, we know that Cam Newton probably had a lot to do with that. And same with Devin Funches and, um, those guys were pretty productive and and Greg Olson was always basically his only good receiver. Uh, and he's always been a really productive player and and run for so many yards that it, it gives him a really strong fantasy floor. So that's about right in the range where I'll look at too. I could see definitely the case for those guys over him, but I think that 13 to 16 range is, is about right. If you draft two quarterbacks, he should be a priority for you. If you don't draft two quarterbacks and you wait you could take a chance on him and then hope that you get a Gardner Minshew fallback option, Tyrod Taylor fallback option. You know, there, there are guys that can still get you by Teddy Bridgewater can help you. If you're, if you're stuck, maybe Phillip rivers. I mean, you know, it's not a bad situation to, to sort of wait it out. If you are that type of fantasy manager to, to take a chance on cam, but you know, it, it, I don't think we've said this enough about the veterans. We've talked a lot about it with the rookies and he's behind the eight ball in this as well is the veterans changing teams haven't been on the field with anybody like the rookies haven't. So it's an impact to, to them. And he hasn't had the, you know, the virtual classroom at all. Uh, I do think that this has probably been in the works for a little bit 
of time. Um, the fact that it came down the same day that the Patriots were penalized. Uh, they're smart enough to know, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at the shiny object over here <laughs> yeah. while we're getting, you know, kicked in the butt over here. Um, so that that probably has a, a little bit to do with it. So, there, you know, I, we all know that the things go on that aren't on the up and up in the NFL. Uh, I'm sure there's been maybe a playbook or two passed yeah. along uh, that he's probably, you know, been studying a little bit. Um, but, you know, he, 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 he may have to win the job. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots have been very glowing about Stidham. So we'll see how much they like him. We'll find out soon enough. Okay, let's go through the career of Cam Newton quickly here in case you have forgotten what he has been in fantasy. From a basic statistical standpoint, he's not a prolific passer because he doesn't throw that much. He's had one season with 4,000 passing yards. That was his rookie season. He's had one season with more than 24 passing touchdowns. That was his 2015 MVP season. He threw 35 touchdowns. Per 16 games, he usually throws, he usually rushes for, I don't know, 600 rushing yards you know he he's you know there's a there's a wide range but at least five 600 maybe 700 in his prime uh rushing yards usually four to six rushing touchdowns or maybe five to seven rushing touchdowns so let's say six-ish rushing touchdowns uh what's that meant in fantasy his first three years of his career he was a top five fantasy quarterback 2014 he was outside the top 12 but he missed a couple games he was top 10 per game so, so far, great start to his career. 2015, bam, MVP season. 3,837 yards passing, plus 636 on the ground, 45 touchdowns, number one quarterback in fantasy. 2006. If, if you tell me right now, Adam, not to cut you off, but if you tell me right now he's running for 500 plus yards, he's right. Yeah. And if he's right, he's a top 10 quarterback. Right. Okay. So, so 2016, he struggles. He, uh, he had a concussion that year. After the concussion, he ran for 19.3 rushing yards per game, which is very low for him. So it comes back in 2017. He's number two in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. He's number five in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. He was great value that year. And 2018 was really interesting. He was having his best season, his second-best season. And then he hurt his shoulder. And he still was playing pretty well for a couple games after that. And then it just went downhill. He ends up right around 12th overall. Uh, top eight in per game. He missed two games. But that was a really good year. And I drafted a ton of Cam Newton. Then he got in, in 2019. Then he got hurt in the preseason, hurt his foot. Obviously wasn't the same. Negative two rushing yards in two games. Didn't score any touchdowns. So if he's right, talking about a guy who has had consistent top five upside, even while not throwing for a ton of yards or a ton of touchdowns, because he has been the premier Russian quarterback in football. That's obviously not going to be the case with Jackson, but he could be second best. Um, let's talk about, though, I, I asked people for questions of Cam Newton, and here's an interesting one. How similar is this Patriots receiving core, tight ends included, to that of the 2015 Carolina Panthers, his MVP year? They had Greg Olson, 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. Ted Ginn, 739 10, and 10 touchdowns. 739 yards and 10 touchdowns. Nobody else had 500 yards. There. Jericho Cotri, Devin Funches, Corey Brown. He had an MVP season with a pretty lousy receiving core outside of Greg Olson. But you look at the Patriots; they don't have. They might have a, he was a better. Twenty-six then too. What's that? He was twenty-six. Yeah, they might have a better offensive line that they had last year, but they don't have their offensive line coach. They really were terrible last year. They don't have a dynamic outside receiver unless they kill Harry something. You know, look, it's not a great situation to walk into, I guess is what I'm saying, even though it's the Patriots. So what is the upside for Cam Newton? It's top five. Think so? 
Yeah, I think pretty easily. Um, if you go look at the the five years that he was, he played 16 games. I think he was top five every year. Um, he's never, so yeah, he's never not played 16 games and not been top five. Th- that upside very much exists. If he's running, like Jamie said, if he's right and he's running that much, he hasn't, you already said it. He hasn't needed to throw for tw- more than 25 touchdowns. He hasn't needed to throw for 4,000 yards. And I don't think he necessarily will. I think everyone's saying this is going to be a run team. Well, yeah, it probably will be a run first team, but he hasn't needed those things with, with how much rushing value he provides to be a top five quarterback every time. I think it's each of the four or five times that he's played 16 games. Uh, and the Nikhil Harry point is an interesting one for me too, because Devin, Fun- uh, excuse me, Kevin Benjamin's rookie season right away, big year and high touchdown, right? Devin Funches best season. He was 23. It was his third year, but it was after Benjamin left. He took over as the number one, eight touchdowns, pretty high touchdown rate. Those are two big bodied outside receivers. Nikhil Harry's maybe not as, um, as thick as those guys, but he's a tall athletic outside receiver. And the hope for Harry, I think has been that he could be a, a guy that could carry a high touchdown rate and maybe score some TDs. Um, I could see Harry filling that type of role. So to the, to the question that you got, I don't know if 2015 receiving core is a perfect uh, match because I don't think they have a Greg Olson on that roster. They, they drafted some new tight ends, but we'll, we'll see how those guys pan out. They don't really have a Ted Ginn either. They don't have Philip Dorsett anymore. I don't know that they really have that type of deep speed. It could be getting somebody. If, if he's right, he's not a, a burner like those guys, but maybe Marquise Lee. I mean, you know, he could sure. potentially do some of that. I think if you're, if you're, I don't use the word infatuated, but if you're interested in Cam, just think of what Josh Allen was last year. Yeah, but uh, Josh Allen ran for in the 500 yard range. He scored nine rushing touchdowns. He wasn't the best passer. I mean, that's poor yeah. man Cam Newton. Well, let me read this question from Russell. Do you think they will actually run Cam Newton or will Belichick keep him in the pocket most of the time? I think that they will allow Cam to be Cam if if this is if they're going to commit to him. You know, if they're going to try and force Cam Newton to be Tom Brady, it's a huge mistake. Right. You know, he's not, that's, not that's not something the Patriots have ever done. Right. Like they've never taken a player and fit them to their system. They've always molded their system around right. the talent that they have. Right. Like, I, I, I think completely this agree. is, you know, uh, amazing defense. Obviously, you know, y- you may nitpick, but best coach in the league. <laughs> um, no, you're not nitpicking. <laughs> best and, coach in the league. Right. Yeah. And so it's still a, a, a very winnable division. You know, Miami's still rebuilding. The Jets are still rebuilding. The Bills, everybody's anointing them as the best team in the division. Well, not the case anymore now that the Patriots have some semblance of a quarterback. And so the, the formula has always been walk through the AFC East, get a first round by, and the path to the Super Bowl is, has been right there. It's why they've been so many times in, in, in the Brady-Belichick era. And so they could still have that formula. Now, the Chiefs are obviously better. The Ravens are better. The Steelers are probably better. Um, but you know, the, 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 still the path is there. If you have a healthy, capable, potentially dominant Cam Newton. And so if they're going to allow him to be him, which is, you know, the one thing Belichick's always done players that have done well against him, he typically tries to go out and get, and Cam was two and zero against him in, in his career. I got to ask you this. They waited the entire off season. Nobody signed him. He signed a one year deal. Does that tell you something about what we're getting from Cam? So I, I, this is something I really wanted to get into because my immediate reaction, because I'm always like this with contracts. I was just talking about this with Miles Sanders and the Eagles not prioritizing a second running back. I'm always like, when did they sign a player? How much did they sign for him? We can learn a lot from that. But in this case, it's so unique from both sides. It's unique because it's the Patriots. 
And the Patriots do things in unique ways. They do things very intelligently, in my opinion. Then it's also unique because Cam Newton was coming back from a health situation and we have a really odd offseason and he hasn't been able to show that he's healthy. So we knew his market was going to be slow to develop. It is not hard to believe now that we know that he's on their team that they have basically been waiting all offseason to sign him. And he's been waiting to see if maybe another starting job opened up. We don't know if, uh, you know, another starter could have got hurt training in the offseason or something. You know, things can happen. But for Newton, it was always going to be a one-year prove-it deal because he was never going to be able to show how healthy he was as soon as this offseason happened and all the uncertainty. It was going to be a one-year prove-it deal. And that means if he's going to be smart on his end, it's got to be a good fit, right? And the Patriots feel like a good fit. I feel like knowing all the facts that we know that this deal's probably been out there for a long time. The other, the other fact we know, the Patriots had the lowest amount of cap space in the NFL yep. as of today. They had no room whatsoever. They had to. Today. Yeah, right. Now they have even less. <laughs> they, they had to find a way. Um, they had to find a way to fit him into the cap. And they're smart. They're going to be patient. And it, it does not surprise me at all, or would not surprise me at all if we found out, which we'll never find out, but that this offer has been there. That Cam Newton's camp has been trying to see if some other better offer would open up. But either way, he knew he was going to be on a proof it deal. And if it was always sort of likely that Newton would wind up in New England on both sides of this, but he wanted to be able to have the, the ability to test the market, see what happened, see if, you know, coronavirus, you know, things opened up enough that he could prove his health and maybe get a big deal. Who knows what would happen? You know, so much uncertainty. I understand. Um, yep. So, like, given all of those things and given this, the Patriots, you knew the Patriots were going to be smart about it. They knew he was going to have to sign a prove it deal. They were, you knew if they were going to bring him in, it was going to be a blow market deal. I'm not really reading into any of that. Like I, I, in this case, and normally I do, but in this case, I'm like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense that he would sign now with you. And I would imagine, you know, like you said, Cam Newton's camp, I would imagine if the Patriots said, we need you just to be patient. You're a guy. Well, I don't want to get into these hypothetical situations. No, but I'm, I'm just but, saying, like, from the standpoint of, like, to your point, Adam, because it does make sense. Like, why did this not happen sooner? You know, I mean, he may have accepted a, a, a one-year, $7.5 million incentive-laden deal in April. You know, I mean, you know, or, or right after the draft. You know, who knows when this offer was put on the on the table for him. Uh, but if you're Cam, the chance to play for Belichick, the chance to play for this, you know, proven winner year, year in, year out, um, the chance to... Uh, you know, I think they're still on national TV almost as much as they ever been, you know, so you get the, the, the spotlight as well. Um, I, I think, you know, where else was he going to get a chance to start Washington with his old coach? I mean, they're they're talking about Kyle Allen. They're talking about Kyle Allen starting there because of the virus, but they ruled that out though. Well, what out Washington has ruled it out. Why? Because they want to see what they have in Dwayne Haskins. Or, yes, I'm sure that's part of it for sure. But also, the coach who knows Cam Newton better than anyone else ruled out signing a former MVP. I I, I just think that, like, okay, we could just say the Patriots played this great, or we could say nobody wanted Cam Newton. Because well, there's obviously anyone did. There's obviously, did. There's, obviously there's obviously right. concern about there's obviously concern about you're not signing 2015 Cam Newton. I mean, anybody would have you know you know done whatever they could to get that guy on the roster for Rivera. If he goes out and signs Cam Newton and it fails, his leash is shorter. Uh, all right. Let's talk more fantasy here. Julian Edelman's around 30th in the rankings. You think you're going to change him? No. Okay. How about the running? That's got a lot of questions about the running backs. In fact, one person wants to know is uh, Rex Burkhead the best fit behind Cam Newton. What happens to the Patriots running backs? Why would, 
that make Rex Burkhead the best fit? I don't know, but we got a question, so I'm reading it. I don't like Tony Michelle even less than I already didn't like him because Newton could get easily vulture some touchdowns, and that's kind of what you're hoping from mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, J- he, Newton showed it with Christian McCaffrey over the last couple of seasons, uh, or excuse me, not the last couple, but the, the first two of McCaffrey's career that that he could throw to running backs more than he had prior. He had almost never thrown to running backs prior. Um, but you know, that, that could be a positive, obviously uh, Mark for James White. He's the one, the one back that I would have some interest in. I'd still take a flyer on Damien Harris at this point, just because he's, you know, next to nothing in terms of cost with Michelle coming off the injury. So I'm with Ben, I'm not going to touch Sony Michelle, uh, you know, as, as anything more than if he just continues to fall and fall and fall. But I think White gets a little little bit of a boost you know this this isn't necessarily something like you know again you're not getting pete cam newton you're not getting you know a a guy that's going to all of a sudden increase the value of anybody of what they were with brady because what brady did with edelman what brady did with white that was catered to his skill set it was catered to what those guys needed from their quarterback cam is different and so i think cam for Nikhil harry is a big win you know, that, that's the type of receiver, like, you know, where, whereas Brady, and we've had this conversation about Godwin and Evans, is Brady going to make those guys better, given that we didn't see him outside of the Randy Moss era, really excel with an outside receiver? Cam will do that. You know, he did it with Steve Smith, who played inside and outside. He did it with, you know, the guys that we talked about, Benjamin and a little bit of Funchess and a little bit of Ted Ginn, you know. So um, I am curious to see which tight end wins the job, you know, because I do think that's something that you can – Especially we're going to do, uh, you know, I, I was going to save this for Monday show, but we're going to do a Scott Fishbowl mock draft on uh, a Twitch on Tuesday night. And in any tight end premium, this could be a, a spot where you look for somebody, you know, whether it's Asi Asi, who would be my favorite choice if I had to take a, a Patriots tight end. But, you know, Matt Lacoste, maybe, you know, if he's the one that ends up, you know, just being the, the safety valve and uh, a better blocker than the, than the young kids. Um, you know, so that's something I think you want to keep an eye on, but Nikhil Harry is the one I think of, of the weapons who you go, okay, this could be, this could be something good. Like, I don't care about Muhammad Sanu. He, he's not somebody that's going to intrigue me, um, on draft day, you know, maybe that changes during the season on waivers, but, um, Edelman is the same white, I think is a little better. And Harry is somebody that, you know, now is, you know, you were drafting him as a fifth receiver. Now you're drafting maybe as a fourth. Why is white better? Because I think, just, you know, competency. You know, knowing that that Cam, like Ben said, you, you've seen it with McCaffrey a little bit. You know, White, I think, just based on the, the weaponry, um, they're, they're, they don't have a lot. And I think this is where McDaniels comes in. You know, McDaniels will scheme things for, for James White still. He's, okay. he's so good at what he does. Yeah, and the offense will be better. And Jamie's right, competency. And, and, and we saw it with Newton that he could throw. He made Christian McCaffrey's receiving role really strong. As we're sitting here talking, it seems to me that Julian Edelman makes a lot of sense to get a lot of the targets that Newton used to send to Greg Olson. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I agree with Jamie that Aussie Aussie would be the tight end that I'd prefer, but he's never really used Newton, uh, to my recollection, any kind of slot receiver in any kind of high volume role at all. Um, and now that, that Edelman's there, it would it would make some sense if Edelman took a lot of those types of targets. Right. And, and before you get into the tendencies and say, well, he's never used a slot receiver. I don't know where Steve Smith was playing in 2011 and 12, but he, you know, Cam Newton had never thrown two running backs until Christian McCaffrey. So a good player is going to adapt to his personnel. A slight exception, 2011, Jonathan Stewart had 413 receiving yards, 47 catches. That's pretty good. But after that, no running back had 
more than 226 yards receiving, no running back before McCaffrey, who had 11 touchdown catches in two years with Cam, uh, not including 2019. No running back had more than two receiving touchdowns. I don't think anyway. At least not the leading receiving running back on his team. It might it might be possible like Mike Tolbert caught a few. I don't know. But the fact is, you know, you can't always just look at tendencies because players can break those tendencies based on the personnel around them, based on the coaching. And I just think I can't imagine a more sharp contrast. The Patriots go from Tom Brady to Cam Newton. It's just fascinating. But Belichick's been saying a lot of things about Lamar Jackson over the last, you know, year plus and, and running a di- you know, different types of offenses. And he, he's had comments about Newton in the past that have floated today. Now. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, I just think it's, it's just fun. It's, you know, it's, completely yeah, it different. is, but it's interesting. It, no, I agree. It's a huge contrast, but I, I think it's interesting that they're going to probably be a completely different type of offense. Any final thoughts, guys? Who's going to win the I NFC? Who's going to win the AFC? I really do. What's that? Yeah. What's that? I hope he's healthy too. I think people are going to dwell too much on the talent around him when he's been really successful with limited talented around him, dating back to college, dating back to Juco when he won a Juco national title. Um, This guy can carry an offense when he's healthy and Jamie's right. I hope he's healthy. And if he's healthy, they're going to be good. Who's going to win the, uh, who's going to win the division? Yeah. Who them? Who's going to, it it depends on his health. If he's healthy, I think they win it. I agree. I, I like, I just keep looking like I'm, I'm staring at my rankings as we're talking like, and, and it's a very similar conversation. Like you, and it's only a year removed. Like you forget how good Ben Roethlisberger was in 2018. You forget how good Cam Newton can be. If he's healthy, he's 31. Obviously what he does best requires him rushing, but you know, I'll go back to what I said before. If you were to tell me right now, he's going to run for 500 plus yards. That to me is he's got top five potential. Yep. Right there. That's yep. the only number yeah, I need to hear. It's a you big number. Me, uh, he could throw for 2,500 yards. Well, no. If he's running for 500 <laughs> yards, that means he's he's got to be close to 100%, and I think he's got a chance to put up good numbers. That's the case. All right, but not 2,500 yards. Let's, we'll we'll yeah. bump that up a little bit. All right, good Maybe stuff, 3, guys. The, yeah, I'm, three, I'm just saying three, right now, like, you tell me right now, he's got 500 yards by the end of the 2020 season. I think he's going to end up having a good year. He can yeah. throw for 12, you know, 1,200 yards, but I think he's going to run for only 500 yards. He's going to have a good year. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Um, appreciate your time on this Sunday night. Now on Monday morning, we'll talk to Scott Fish. He's going to be on to talk about a draft we did a couple weeks ago and the Scott Fish Bowl. And then we've got a, a top five week, top five biggest backfield battles. You'll hear that on Tuesday. Right now, I want to say thanks to Jamie and Ben. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you on Monday with a fresh episode of Fantasy Football Today. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.